This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. A good night of Shabbos. Hope everyone is well. This week we read Parshas Emor, and Parshas Emor is full of different topics. Beginning of the Parsha discusses mostly the role, the obligation, responsibility that is for the Kayin and the Kayin Gadol, his restrictions. Then the Torah goes on to discuss the Yom Toivim. We get to speak about Shavuos and Svira Sa'imer. At the end of the parasha, the Torah talks about the story of the Mekoshish. So many of us go through the parasha and we really don't see how this parasha talks to me. Where in this week's parasha is there a message for me in my life, in my world? I'm not a Kayin, not a Kayin Gadol. Where can I take away a message? Where in this week's parasha is the Torah talking to me? And I believe the answer is, the Torah is very much talking to us in this week's parasha. The Torah is relaying to us essential messages that we need to remind ourselves with when we're dealing with person, with people, in interpersonal relationships. The Torah is giving us some very, very essential lessons. The Torah reminds us at the beginning of this week's parasha, the Torah gives us a prohibition that a kayin is not permitted to marry a divorced woman. And there's a very famous Mishnah, a very difficult Mishnah at the end of Masechus Gittin. The Mishnah brings down a machlekes between Beishama and Beiselo. What is considered a justifiable reason for giving for getting a divorce? What's considered a, a, a legitimate reason for a couple to break up? And Beishama says the only legitimate reason would be if there was, and if she was Mizane, she lived with someone she's not allowed to, that we all understand. But Beishama comes along and says, no, even if she burns the soup, even if she burns his supper, that's grounds for divorce. And the obvious question is, why is that grounds for divorce? Because she burnt the supper, mistakes happen, no one's perfect. How does that shed light on her relationship vis-a-vis her husband? How does that show what type of wife she is? Why on earth would that be grounds for a divorce? Because the wife burns the supper. So I saw a beautiful pshah from Reb Shalom Shadran. Reb Shalom Shadran explained, of course, it's not because she burnt the supper. People burn supper. It doesn't ruin relationships. But he explains so profoundly, he says, you know, when a wife burns the supper, so there's different levels of burning supper, you know, there's a little charred, a little ruined, and there's a lot ruined, and the whole dish is, uh, has to be thrown out. He says, what it means over here was that the wife had enough to save, there was enough to be saved from the soup that wasn't burnt. And the wife had a question in her head, who do I give the soup to now? Do I think about myself and say, well, I need supper? Or do you say, you know what, let me give to him. Let me think about someone else. Says Rabbi Shalom Shadron, the moment the wife made the decision that she's going to be the only one to get soup tonight and not him, she made a comment, she made a statement that I put myself before someone else. The Torah reminds us that we have to put others before us. Of course, sometimes you have to put yourself first, but says Rabbi Shalom Shadron, that defined this type of relationship. A relationship where you're always putting yourself in front of your spouse is not a healthy relationship. That's not a successful relationship. That's not a good marriage. And it's true like that in friendships, it's all relationships, sometimes you have to put yourself first. But if push comes to shove, you got to say, who am I going to put before whom? And therefore, says Shalom Shuran, that tells us, that sheds light on what type of relationship they have. And I think this message is repeated yet again in this week's parasha with a different type of relationship. This is a spousal relationship. I think we find a similar relationship between parents and their children. The Torah tells us in this parasha about a daughter of a Kayan. The daughter of a Kayan who's going to behave inappropriately. She's going to be mezanet. So the Pasuk tells us <clears throat> that she really is impacting her father. She's being mevazah, her father. Her misbehavior sheds light negatively on her father. And Rashi tells us, what does the father have to do with this? 
So Rashi says she was she insulted his glory. Allah, what are they gonna say about the father? Cursed is this man who raised such a child. So it sounds like from Rashi that we're blaming the father for the child's misbehaving. We're blaming the child because he didn't do a good job. He didn't be the child properly. But I saw a very beautiful takeaway. You know what the mistake with this parent and this child was? Was not that the parent didn't rebuke the child. And not that the parent didn't set this child on for the best path. But the parent made one mistake. They kept on saying, how is this going to make me look? Instead of asking, what's best for my child? Instead of asking, what's the best path for my child? Instead of asking, what path will make Hashem proud? They kept on saying, what path will make me look good? What path will make me look better in the eyes of the neighbors? When we educate our children with that mindset of it's all about my covet, that's when things go wrong. The mistake that this father of, of this daughter was, was that he was Mechanech's daughter. He sent her to the finest schools and he gave her speeches and pep talks about how to live. But he was always thinking about how it's going to reflect on him and not what's best for the child or perhaps even more importantly, what's best for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So often in different relationships, we have to ask ourselves, is what I'm doing best for me or I'm doing best for this person. We had in last week's parashah, if Naeva, Laisita, Mirshah, we're not permitted to give bad advice. What is bad advice? Bad advice means I'm doing what's best for me, not best for the person who's asking me. <coughs> so often with children, it's so easy to want them to do a certain thing or to be a certain way because it then will reflect positively on us. But that's not true chenach. That's flawed chenach. True chenach is when you ask, what is best for my child? What is best for this kid? What is this kid's purpose in this world in regard to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Not how it's going to make me look. Not how it's going to make me feel. I often deal with parents about where to send the children to yeshiva, high schools, and always the question is, you know, how is it going to look to us? It's not about how it's going to look to you. It's about how is it going to be for this child. And when you raise a child with the notion of all about me, that's when things backfire. That's when all the chinuch lessons and all the speeches don't work. There's a famous story that was circulating, I think, a few months ago. It happened in Cleveland, where there was a, a Shabbos for the Mir Yeshiva from Eretz Yisrael. And there were certain Mir Rosh Yeshivas that came to Cleveland. And a woman who had really no affiliation to the Mir Yeshiva went out of her way to go meet with one of the Rosh Yeshivas. And she told the Rosh Yeshiva, I want you to know, I come from a family of non-religious Jews. And my son is learning in the Mir Yeshiva today. And he's the first one in our family in over 150 years to put on tefillin. I want you to know that. My son is in the Mir Yeshiva today wearing tefillin, learning Torah. First in his family in 150 years. The Rosh Yeshiva looked at this mother and said, I want a bracha from you. Do you know why? Because my son doesn't wear tefillin anymore. Please give me a bracha that my son should wear tefillin. Do you know what the greatness of this story is? Do you know what the Rosh Hashiva must have felt like when he's telling this lady, my son doesn't wear tefillin? He's a Rosh Hashiva. He's a Marbitz Torah. He's a Chosh And he's telling this lady, he doesn't even know. I want you to know my son doesn't wear tefillin. Can you imagine what type of blow it is to his ego? But he didn't care. Do you know why he didn't care? Because it's not about his ego. It's not about how he's going to look. He wants his son to come closer to Yiddishkeit. He wants his son to put on tefillin again. And if a bracha from this lady does it, that's all he cares about. That's chinuch. Not living for us, but living for our children. Not what's best for us, but what's best for them. That's chinuch. 
we all know the postscript to the story was that this son got wind of the story and he put on tefillin. I don't know if he continued to put on tefillin, but at least he put on tefillin once for this woman who he heard about the story. The terror is reminding us in this week's parish about relationships, complex relationships, friends, colleagues, workmates. It's very complex, difficult. But sometimes you, you have to realize you have to put yourself second and someone else first. And if you want to give good advice, and you want to be mechaneich, and you want to give advice to the world, and to people who will listen to you, make sure you're not looking out for your honor. Make sure it's not about you, but it's about them. And more importantly, what's going to bring COVID to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? But Hashem, we should take the lesson from this week's parish and realize and internalize the ability we have to be mashbia others. The way we can change others' lives in, positive, in a positive way. If we think about others. And Amir Hashem, <clears throat> this should be used as a tool to bring Klai Yisrael closer together. Bring Klai Yisrael in more, more unity, more achtos. As this is a time where we need it as much as we can. Amir Hashem, we should be zayichet to see Wonderful brachas in Yeshua for ourselves, for our families, and for all of Klai Yisrael.